0: This session is called Reimagining Family Programs in Museums. I am the coordinator for community and access programs at the Museum of Modern Art, and I'm delighted that you are joining me and my colleagues for this session. This panel is made up of Deborah Jaffe from the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Susan Dodge Peters-Days from the Memorial Art Gallery of the University of Rochester, and Amanda Blake from the Dallas Museum of Art. They each represent organizations that are dedicated to providing meaningful experiences for people at different life stages and with different abilities. In this session, we will be discussing how we, as organizations, can develop a variety of programming in response to the changing family unit. This includes programs for but not limited to older adults with dementia and their husbands or wives, adult children, grandchildren, friends, and professional care partners, adult children with developmental disabilities and their parents and siblings, and younger children with disabilities and their parents and siblings. These institutions have developed programs in which families with different abilities and at different life stages can feel safe and share meaningful and intellectually stimulating experiences with one another. This is especially important for families with a loved one with memory loss or who only see their loved one in the monotony of everyday routines. In each of the programs that will be presented today, Family members, caregivers, and their loved ones are able to come together and share an experience that is both stimulating and satisfying for all members of the family. I will present the short bios just before the presenters speak, and each will present for about 10 minutes. Uh, We'll ask you once again to hold questions until after the last presentation but we'll be sure to leave time at the end. Um, So now let's turn to the panelists. First to speak is Deborah Jaffe. Deborah is an associate museum educator and access coordinator at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. She first joined the museum 20 years ago as a teacher for Discoveries, the museum's family program for visitors with learning and developmental disabilities. Along with her colleague in access coordination she now oversees all programs and accommodations for visitors with disabilities in the museum. Deborah?
1: Hi. Thank you, Kirsten. Hi, everybody. so I'm going to talk about, in my 10 minutes, um, about the Discoveries Program, which is our program, family program for people with learning and developmental disabilities. And I also do want to just touch on, um, for a few minutes, a um, relatively new program that we're still building. It's called Picture This. Um, it's a family program for children with, who are blind or partially sighted and their um, family members. So, as I said, I want to first start with Discoveries, which is how I first got involved in the museum. Um, Created in the late 1980s, initially with um, state funding, a grant to create the program. Um, And I think when we hear, um, people hear museum family program, they really, they think of kids. And I think part of what our panel is going to, talk about in different ways is that, that kind of broadening that definition of, of a family program. Um, so Discovery is where we do serve um, kids as young as five. We have, um, each time we offer it, we have two, workshop, two workshops. So for kids five to 17, and then we have an adult workshop um, for people 18 and up to come with their uh, family members or friends um, so, you know, people um, with developmental disabilities do stay in kind of the traditional family unit longer, and there are very few opportunities um, kind of created with, with that particular family unit in mind that's really for everybody to come and enjoy and have an, an appropriate and meaningful experience. So I um, just want to make that point up front um, about kind of discoveries as a family program for, for everybody, really, um, at all stages of life. Um, I'll just explain quickly how how um, a typical workshop happens. Discovery is really based on other family programs at the Met. The Met has a long history of having family programs. And basically, we just made some adaptations to make it um more successful for the particular audience we're, we were targeting. And um, the first thing we did is that it's not a drop-in program. It's a, a families need to register, and that really helps us get a little bit of information but also control the size so that... Um, we can limit the, the numbers of people in the galleries and have a much more intimate experience where um, people may need more um, one-on-one attention. So we can control, control the numbers. Um, and getting that information ahead of time helps the edu- educators be prepared. Um, we always meet kind of, we try and meet in the same place, have a consistency, um, a small classroom space, um, where we can have an introduction, people can meet each other, and kind of, um, we feel that that consistency is quite important um, with this audience in mind. Um, it's a very multimodal um, experience. We try and engage people in in many different ways through through questions and answers, kind of traditionally, but also we always sketch. We, er, there's always pencils in hand. We've handling objects that are relevant to what's being looked at, um, an art-making component at the end that kind of ties it all together. We incorporate um, movement. Um, you know, some, some people on the tours may not be verbal, so we want to really think of other ways to engage, to engage everyone in some way so that everyone can respond. Um and another uh thing I think maybe we're all going to talk about a little is that um well, we have the targeted audience of the person with the disability that the fam our family programs are really f- with everyone in the family in mind um the siblings engaging the parents um friends that come along so that it's you know it's it's really um a place for everyone for a family to come and enjoy themselves kind of in an equal way um, and I think kind of the one of the most important things about having such a a program like this is it sounds silly, but just the mere fact that we have a program like this where we've heard so often that parents with kids with um, particular disabilities that might manifest manifest themselves in unpredictable behavior um, that may not be museum-appropriate behavior in their minds. Um, having a program that the museum is putting on is so important to them because they wouldn't come otherwise. They didn't think that it would be an appropriate place. So just having such a program gives parents kind of confidence in coming maybe for the first time and then learning that this place is an appropriate place and, and gives them strategies for exploring the museum maybe independently. Um, and I have a, just a little quote I'd like to read about that. A um, mother told us that, um, that on her own her daughter's behavior can draw negative reactions from other museum goers. As a member of the Discoveries group, she feels a sense of protection and doesn't worry about that aspect of the visit, and... Um just one other quote I'd like to to give you. Um, a parent wrote, For me the experience was pure delight. Rather than feeling and seeing only my son's challenges and struggles, I was unexpectedly at ease, able to truly see the beautiful art around us and appreciate my son's sheer pleasure and wonder in it as well. So, again, I think creating a safe, welcoming place for uh, people who may not have thought of this place as a place to come to with their families is, is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirsten, how am I doing for time?
0: Um, I think you have like three more minutes.
1: Okay. So, um, E5. Okay. Um, and the other thing, as I said, I know that was a very like, uh, quick kind of description of discoveries, but I think that. Kind of hit on the things that I wanted to hit on. I just wanted to quickly mention to our uh, Picture This Family Program. We started t- Picture This workshops at the Met many years ago for adults who are blind or partially sighted. Um, uh, these these are monthly scheduled workshops where we um, mostly description some handling of objects, occasionally art-making. But we really wanted to reach out to um, children and families because, again, I think most uh, parents of kids with visual impairments don't really think of art museums as a place to bring their kids. So we really thought that... Um, This is an important audience to welcome into the museum and um, probably an audience that wasn't going to come independently. So um, we are doing these now um, kind of once a season, um, and um, they incorporate, you know, there obviously lots of things in the Met that cannot be touched. We have some that can be, and we use those, but then... um, for example, we did a theme of of weaving and tapestry recently. So we do some description, but then we have tactile materials. We have raised line drawings of, of works of art, and obviously the the subject we think of subjects that will le- lend itself to this audience. So weaving. So we made it very, very tactile. Um, and it's been great. And again, it's a program where we, we we want everyone to be involved. We want to create a space for the whole family, um, siblings, and parents to really get involved and just have a have a good time here. Um, it's still an audience we're really trying to grow, um, uh, and probably that's one of our biggest challenges with this, with this program. Um, but uh, we're very dedicated to it, and uh, and um, we're hoping that it will continue to grow. I should say, um, as I end here, that um, unfortunately I have to go teach a family program in a few minutes shortly, and I may not be around for all of the, the question time. So if a question does come up specifically for any of the things I've mentioned, um, Marie knows where to find me and can certainly give you my contact information. So if there are any pressing questions, I'm, I'm happy to follow up. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to just duck out a little bit early. So, Kirsten, back
0: to you. Thanks, Deborah. Now, is Susan on the line now? I am indeed okay great um, this is Susan Dodge Peters days uh, Susan has been the director of the Education Department of the Memorial Art Gallery of the University of Rochester since 1987 she has an MA from the Williams College graduate program in the history of art and a master of divinity from the Colgate Rochester Crozer Divinity School in addition to years in museum work her seminary training included hospital and hospice chaplaincy which has immeasurably enriched her experience grounding and grounding in the power of the visual arts to connect people with each other and their deeper selves. Now joining her is Tara Brundage, I hope I pronounced that right, a social worker and program coordinator from the Rochester chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Susan and Tara. Right.
2: Thank, Thank you so much. Well, we'll begin with a brief introduction To our program, we call it, and I think it will sound familiar to those um, who are aware of other programs uh, working for people with Alzheimer's, is we call our program Meet Me at MAG, which is a direct reference, obviously, to Meet Me at MoMA. Meet Me at MAG is a partnership program with the Rochester Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, and I definitely couldn't... uh, be part of this conference without having my colleague Tara with me. Uh, Rochester, just to give you a glimpse, is um, we're located in upstate New York. We're an excellent mid-sized encyclopedic collection that's been called one of the best balanced collections outside of the metropolitan area. Certainly the diversity of our collection is one of the riches that we offer for Meet Me at MAG, but other programs as well. The Memorial Art Gallery learned about Meet Me at MoMA a number of years ago, and a team actually visited in the summer of 2006. This was a team with a medical student and a colleague from the University of Rochester Medical Center following this, that visit, we ran a pilot program in the fall of 2006 in a residential care facility. And this was a program that we did jointly facilitated by the gallery staff, the medical student, and the medical school faculty. It was incredibly instructive on many levels. But primarily in reinforcing that this program had positive effects on many levels, especially mood, energy, and memory retention. We go forward, however, to two years later in 2008, and we received a call from individuals in the um, Rochester chapter of the Alzheimer's Association that had heard also about Meet Me at MoMA and were interested in seeing if there was a possibility of having a local version. We piloted the program in the winter of 2009 and began monthly tours starting in the spring of that year. So we've been offering monthly tours now for about uh, 16 to 18 months. The participants also pre-register, much as they do in Deborah's program, and they sign up through the Alzheimer's Association. And meet me at Mag is just one of a wealth of community programs that they offer for individuals with dementia and their families. We got an incredible boost in interest after a an article in a local paper excited interest from a number of individuals as well as residential care facilities. In addition to those who pre-register now through the Alzheimer's Association, we have relationships with several residential care facilities who come monthly or regularly. We plan our tours during non-public hours. They last a little over an hour. And one of the unique features of our gallery is an 18th century Italian Baroque organ and a, small, a short concert is integrated into each of the monthly sessions. These tours are led by our docents, and they are jointly trained by the Alzheimer's Association. Their learning institute comes and meets with our docents and staff And then subsequently we plan various training sessions in the museum with staff as well as docents who then pass on their knowledge to others who are interested. The artwork selected is uh, chosen for its potential to engage the participants in conversation. The focus of these tours is conversational. It's about the memories elicited not about the information that the docents have a plenty, but that's not the focus for this program. The artwork is also selected for its narrative potential. And acknowledging the age of the participants, 65 years plus, we found that a Norman Rockwell entitled Soldiers on Leave had tremendous power, as does a... These are just examples. A 19th century image of when a woman peeling onions in a country kitchen. There's a um, unplucked chicken in the lower right that gives rise to lots of comments. Participants, and this moves towards the conversation about families. Participants include individuals with dementia and their care partners. The majority are indeed spouses. Some parents, however, are accompanied by an adult child. Some are accompanied by neighbors and friends. We've actually also begun to reach out to a new population, which are those suffering with younger onset. So the familiar family dynamic in a museum of parents coming with a child may in fact be the configuration But these are children with dementia, now aging in their 30s. As we've welcomed residential care facilities, we've expanded the meaning of families in another way to professional and volunteer caregivers, as well as to friends and relatives. Many of the participants are actually now regular attendees. We have some people who come monthly, and I dare say it's yes for the art, but it's as much also for the socializing that this program encourages and um, allows. I, I think um, I want to have Tara if we have time. Kirsten, you speak yes, you about, are we
0: all right? Yes, except I I wanted to interrupt for just a second. I know that you had a PowerPoint presentation, but I don't see it up on the website, Marie. Um, Susan, I'm not sure if you still wanted to use that.
2: Well, um, it would be great if it's accessible because it just gives a glimpse of images from the collection as well as reinforces some of the the information I'm
0: giving. Mm
2: -hmm. So if it's still available, that would be terrific but I'm not talking
3: slide by slide. Okay, M- Marie, is that possible? Yeah, it's the, it's, I'm picking it up right now. If okay, you, thank just you. Just a second, and it should be on right now. Great, terrific, thanks so much. Well, I'm gonna turn it over at this
2: point to Tara, and it is the Alzheimer's Association that not only preregisters, but is compiling all of the evaluations from the program. And, Tara, I wonder if you could speak to the kinds
4: of comments that we're receiving. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, I want to just give a sense to those on the call of why we do have so many repeat participants and and what they're getting out of this program, which they have said in so many words that it has been a gift to their families, families. to themselves as a a couple, um, and we've gained a lot of insight into why that is through these surveys that we're collecting, and the sense is that there's a lot that they're gaining from the educational component of it. They're they're saying it's very stimulating for them um, to learn about art, to view the art, and even the, the It's downplayed but some of the historical pieces especially for the caregivers they feel like they're they're relating to the tours as well Um, they also feel a sense of community Um, they feel inspired to be more involved um, on other levels within their community to seek out other cultural sites um, is what I'm hearing and the big piece is the socialization um, which This disease can be very isolating for people. So if we can find a way to get those who are affected connected, it can be a little less devastating we're seeing. So it's time together as a couple, as a group, feeling part of something. They use the word friends a lot um, in their surveys, and they even consider the docents their friends. Um, The docents are an integral part of this experience, and they make it that it's it's an experience. Um, they create a very safe, secure kind of environment. They're, they they um, are accepted. They're respected. The docents are very sensitive um, to the the various needs because this disease looks different for everybody, um, and so welcoming and warm. So it could not be as successful as it is without without their um, their involvement. Um, the other couple things is we we hear that folks are more alert and oriented during the tours and even after. Uh, they have moments of clarity and the reminiscence. Recalling those past memories through the art and then through the group conversation is really, really useful and important. Um, caregivers also find it rewarding in that it's a time for respite for them even though their loved one is with them they're not as much in that caregiving role they they can relate to them as their spouse unless um is a person that they're caring for for most hours of the day um and it's a time for them to connect with others as well as each other and get out with friends um we have one individual who calls me after every single tour the next day and he reports to me about how meaningful that is is to him and his wife, and um, just kind of gives thanks every single time. So um, it's been such a delight in offering this just to see the response of folks involved. So, um, that's
0: great. Great. Thank you, Susan and Tara. Um, So last to speak is Amanda Blake. Amanda is the manager of family experiences and access programs at the Dallas Museum of Art. She oversees planning a variety of family activities at the museum, such as uh, weekends, which are gallery and art-making activities for families, family celebrations, art camps and classes, as well as access programs for special needs audiences. In 2010, she developed new Autism Awareness Celebrations, a monthly program for visitors with Alzheimer's disease, and continues to strengthen the museum's partnership with the Arc of Dallas, an organization that helps improve the lives of people with intellectual and related disabilities. Amanda has an MA in art history and her graduate certification in art museum education from the University of North Texas and a BFA from Oklahoma State University. Amanda.
5: Hi thank you, kristen can Can everyone hear me? Yes uh, Amanda okay I'm gonna ask you also which
3: document you want me to to show first.
5: Um, oh, I have a few um, documents
3: from you from you so
5: oh yes, I included um a flyer about the event and a social story., Yes. so I guess the the flyer would be a good first first okay. thing to show.
3: Okay. All right, here we go. You're on. I have it.
5: okay, great. Um, So I'm going to talk about the Autism Awareness Family Celebrations that we have here at the Dallas Museum of Art. Um, I feel lucky at the um, DMA that we have a space called... The Center for Creative Connections, and that is um, we refer to it as C3. So, if I say C3 during the talk, that is um, the space where we where we hold the events. And um, the Center for Creative Connections is an area in the museum with works of art, but um, it's it's for all ages, and the area has. Um, <laughs> interactive and there's a, a tech lab and an art studio and two spaces that are specifically designed for um, younger children. So um, the event, the events that we have for children with autism, have started um, pretty recently. In August of 2009, we began to plan for the first event, which was to be held in um, April of 2010, and that was an event just for. Um, Autism Awareness Month, but um, due to the demand and the feedback and the audience inquiry for more programs, we have decided to hold the event four times a year. Um, <clears throat> the Dallas Morning News blog for parents has um, written about the event twice, and that brought a lot of awareness to it. But we found that these events have really um, spread by word of mouth, so. Um, for the first event, we weren't sure how many people to expect, and I only registered, I think, um, about 150, and um, we had about 115 people show up. And we think um, we could have up to 225 to 230 people per event, so we're still kind of toying with um, the registration and the amount of um, no shows. <laughs> Um, and I think you see, that. Could I interrupt for one minute? Yes. There's somebody who does not have their mute, their phone muted. If you could please mute your phone. <clears throat> thank you. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. Thank you. Um, and I think the event has been so popular for families in the DFW area because Dallas doesn't offer a lot of a large number of programs for children with autism in their families, and there is a need in the community um, in... Um The number of children in DFW with autism in 2001 to 2002 school year, there were 8,972 children with autism in Texas public schools. Um, And then by 2005 to 2006, that number increased from 8,972 to 17,282 children in Texas public schools with autism. Um, we were also amazed after the first event that children, um, families attended from all over, all suburbs of of um, Dallas, Fort Worth, and um, even Denton, which is about an hour drive. And we even had a family come from Oklahoma for the event. So it was clear to us that this was a a need for um, for the museum to have events like this. Um, we plan to continue for the future programs um, with the main goal of introducing the museum to families and show them how they can have a successful visit to the museum with their child with autism. And we really want the family to feel comfortable in the museum. Um, so I work very closely with an autism specialist to plan the events. Um, Together we write a social narrative for the families, which um, I included one, uh, a document of social narrative in case anyone would like to see that, Um, but this is a learning tool that children with autism use, um, and we send this out prior to the the museum visit so that um, families can go through it together and prepare for their visit. We also work with the autism specialist to come up with studio activities and um, other events during the event. Um, We maintain a um, contact list of families interested in programming for children with autism, and um, we're hoping that um, these events could help create an audience for future camps and classes. Um, The autism specialist that we work with is a Ph.D. student um, at the Autism Research PhD program at the University of North Texas, and it's also great to work with her because she brings in her fellow colleagues and other and autism specialists from other public schools, and they are all really interested in the program. And we we usually have about 15 to 20 of these volunteers who um, help out with the events. So it's um, nice knowing that all of our volunteers are are very comfortable with um, the audience. Um, We worked with a specialist to provide a staff training. So everyone in the education department um, had the opportunity to um, attend a training about working with children with autism. And then from there, we conducted a training for our security staff and gallery attendants. As as mentioned before in this panel, this is another program that we really focus on the family as a whole. Um, we do have at least five families who have attended um, the second event who have more than one child with autism. So it's an event they can come to and enjoy with all of their children, but then there are also many families who attend Um who have children with and children without autism. So there are things for for all of the children to do as well as things for the parents to do um, with the children. Um, so some some examples of things that we do during the events. Um, as I mentioned, we open the museum two hours early, so it's uh, pre-registered and it is free. And um, we we have the Center for Creative Connections. Um, that entire space for these families to enjoy before the museum opens the to public to the public um, for the first event we had a music therapist um, working with the kids and um, we are constantly reabout. about re-evaluating the program and, and making changes. So, for example, at the first event, we had the music therapist in the main gallery space and noticed that some of the children were um, kind of agitated by the the music going on, so we quickly moved the music therapist into our um, C3 theater, and that worked really great for the families who, who wanted to continue and go in the theater and listen to the music. Um, we have experimented with... different art-making materials. Model Magic is a a pliable sort of 3-D molding material that parents really like because it is gluten-free. So that has been popular. Um, At the second event that we had for children with autism and their families, we had an artist who um, was an individual with autism, and he brought many of his works of art, and we also showed slides of of his works Um, rotating in the tech lab and families were able to go in and visit with him about his art and um, watch him draw and then they could take clipboards and paper and go into the galleries and draw works of art themselves. Um, And we plan to invite that artist to our third event that we have coming up in November. So... um, Things like that are are very popular. We also have a storyteller who has worked with children with autism, and she
2: um,
5: tells stories that really help engage all of the senses, Um, something that after the first event we noticed that um, some of the families needed to take breaks throughout the event and maybe go out of the gallery and and just sit or um, move around to get um, energy out um, and we have a court a courtyard that joins the C3 space and so for the second event we programmed the courtyard and um, put things there um, recommended by the autism specialist which worked out really well we had a, a, a little parachute for kids to move up and down and streamers and bubbles um, so I think that was a really big hit with all the kids um, and we've had children as young as you know, two and a half or three attending these events, and as well as teens. Last time we had um, a young man who was 18 years old visiting um, the museum for the first time. We've had really great feedback from all of the parents. Um, I'll read a quote. One parent said to me, um, we are not afraid to be here with our children for once. We have our guard down, and we are not met with hate or chaos. Um, I think a lot of families are, um, don't think of the museum as a place to come to, um, to visit with their, um, children, their child with autism and we just hope these events help them to, to feel more comfortable and use social stories to prepare for the visit and then come to the museum together. Um, we had a teacher attend and she said that she taught in a small town where um, th- there's a child in her class who had autism and um, in the small town where she where she teaches people stare and point and they say rude things to the family because of the, um, the fact that their child is autistic. And the teacher said that, um, she said, I'm just glad that now there's a place besides my, my classroom that they can come and not feel alone or different. So um, we really um, are having a, a good luck with building an audience for this program and plan to continue um, to go forth with these events, planning for them to happen um, four times a year. So I think I am about at 10 minutes, so um, I look forward to questions. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. It sounds like you have a great turnout with that
0: program. Um, And thank you all for sharing a bit about your programs with us today. Um, Before I open it up to questions and comments from the other listeners, I just want to remind you once again that Deborah will have to go leave for a program if she's not already gone already. I've got a few minutes. Um, Okay. So please... um, direct questions towards her first. I just I want to jump in really quick um, with a very basic question, but one that I always feel is helpful, especially when considering starting starting a program, if any of the listeners are thinking about starting a similar program as yours. Um, so what I wonder is if you can each share some of the challenges that you have faced with your programs and what you've done to solve those challenges. I know that you all kind of touched upon a little bit um, a few challenges that you have come across, if you can expand on that.
1: If I could, um, this is Deborah. Um, I think I, when I was talking about uh, Picture This Family program, that our ch- our main challenge continues really to be um, kind of getting our audience here for... Um, for the picture of this family program. We um, kind of fluctuate with attendance, um, and we have a lot of, I think, well-meaning parents who sign up, and then often, as as just happened, um, we only actually only had two families come for our tapestry program, and those who came had a great time. Um, but... Um, and it's a cha- you know I, we haven't overcome the challenge yet, so it's something that we continue to work on getting the word out through different venues and organizations, um, mm. schools, teachers, um, mm. and yeah. So if anyone else, if anyone listening has any other suggestions for us, we're just we're just continuing to kind of to. To you know, often with programs, it's word of mouth too. So, um, as we build an audience, other families hear from families who have attended. So, um, and that has happened so far. But um, I think it is a, quite a challenging audience to to get into an art museum. So, um, that's my brief answer to that question.
3: Um, this is
2: Susan, and I can just speak. Um, quickly about the challenges, I think one of the challenges that we are facing right now with Meet Me at the MAG, the Alzheimer's Partnership Program, is that so much of the program depends on verbal communication, and language is in fact one of the areas that is is lost, and sometimes lost relatively uh, early in the disease process we are we all already have actually one individual who is regularly attending who only phonates at this point and it is it sounds like singing and it can be both agitation or joy it's our ability to interpret that with the help of the care partner that has been challenging to us we've depended on not just the team leader of among the docents to handle the group, but also we have a team of docents who accompany each and every one of these tours. So if the response of this musical phonating extends, um, is in fact agitation, a docent is immediately at hand just to move off with the care and the individual's dementia, and we have really depended on the exceptional human skills of the individuals involved at the museum's and with this program, and we are also... And this is thanks to the Alzheimer's Association working with a graduate department of speech pathology to develop nonverbal communication tools to be able to interact with individuals as language slips away and eventually to be able to send these tools, um, communication boards and reproductions of the artwork, to be used in the home or in the residential care facility.
5: Um, This is Amanda, and I think um, a challenge that we might have may be similar to what um, Susan just mentioned, but um, because we do work with with specialists um, and all of our volunteers are very um, educated about autism, it's helpful to have a lot of people on hand who um, know what to do right away if if a family is having a problem in the gallery um, and I think um, probably I, I I touched on it, but a big the main challenge I think of of the autism awareness family celebrations that we have um, are just still trying to figure out the the amount of People for the space for the for the best experience, and how to how many to register for that, and figuring out how many families will not will not attend. Um, but it is um, important to me that we register for the program because um, so we can email out specific directions and social stories in the schedule for the day. Um, so we're still working on on registration numbers and and getting that right. Great, thank you. Now, do any of the listeners have questions
3: for the panelists? Uh, this is Murray from Art Education for the Blind. It's a question for, for Susan. I was wondering in, if you, you, in your programming, I'm sorry, um, you also offer art making workshops. Um and I'm thinking of that um for having witnessed it in another in, in museum, I found actually art making workshop a fabulous medium to to sort of avoid the the issue of language. Um because both the caregiver and the person um uh, with dementia are involved in the same activity and there is you're mimicking what needs to to happen. Um and I found it as also a, a good way to relieve a person if there's some an anxiety and, and um, as you were as you were talking about, so I was just wondering if you if you had um, scheduled some uh, art making workshop as well
2: well marie you 're absolutely right. We do have art making as a vital part of our institutional identity. We have a studio art school in the case of working with the alzheimer 's program, we actually have with the Alzheimer's Association a program that I'm going to let Tara speak about, which is Memories in the Making, which is indeed a visual Mm art-making program. Um,
4: What we offer is it's a watercolor-based program where we teach caregivers in the home. A dementia care specialist goes into the home and teaches them how to work with their loved one and using art to um, encourage expression. And watercolors are the the material or the medium that we chose. Um, and what we're looking to do with that is expand it further even to include images as well and some probing questions, how to talk about art in the home, as well as to create art. Um, and using the partnership that we have with the gallery to make that happen. So, um, but mm-hmm. always looking to expand and, and see what other options there are, but definitely the art-making piece. Is, and, and actually, people that have come through the tours have asked about that and, and how can we do something hands-on. Um, their loved one was more alert, expressive, and then they just want to, to expand on that even more.
3: But it is important. And And I found it really also interesting because it puts both the caregiver and the person with dementia at the assembly li- at, at, at the same skills level most of the time, as some people might be artists, um, but not everyone is and I think when you have to create something, you sort of encounter the same anxiety that anyone does when you you put with a, a certain medium and you ask to do something, and once you can ease people into the creative process they they're all doing the same thing um, uh-huh. So yeah, thank yeah. you for answering. Thank you. Any
0: other questions?
4: Um,
0: I actually, this is Kirsten from Moment again, and I have a question for Amanda, for the panelist. Um, for have you opened up your events to adults with autism? or do you find that there's any interest from that audience, or is it mainly just children?
5: Um, we have um, a partnership with the ARC of Dallas, and there is an adult in the group. It's a monthly program, and um, we, there's an adult with um, autism in that group. And he is the one who is also the artist that I mentioned who we brought to the program. Hmm. Um, but. Mostly we've had interest from, um, from families with, with children. Um, we had, I think I mentioned, um, a, a boy who was 18 years old attend, and he really enjoyed the sketching and um, the studio activity that we had. Um, but if people ask me, I, I definitely would let them come as an adult. Uh-huh. Um, we're hoping to explore more um, options for adults, this this coming year, but it's mainly, I think, families with children interested Uh, right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you mentioned the
0: dramatic increase in children with autism, which I think we're we're all aware of, but just hearing that number was kind of astounding. But it'll be interesting to see um, what different services become available to these children as they grow up because as they age, um, you know, I've just found that there are many programs for people with developmental disabilities as their children, but then there are less so as they become adults. Um, So that will just be interesting to watch for and something that we can also prepare for ourselves. That will be, I agree. Okay, we have a few more minutes. Um, I'm not sure how many people are actually still listening in or if they were able to listen to the presentations. Um, I know it was about lunchtime um, while we were speaking, but is there anyone else who has any questions for the panelists?
3: Um, I just would like um, all of you to sort of uh, to, to speak a bit uh, about... Uh, what you witness in, in in the galleries or in the um, in the studio when you work with those people, and how your programming um, impacts the, the the family dynamics um, or any kind of uh, relationship when a caregiver comes with a uh, person of dementia, or when the family comes with a uh, kid with um, autism. I'm ju- I'm just curious to to hear your your comments.
1: And this is Elizabeth Axel. I'd be curious in relating to in relation to Marie's question, um, if there have been any evaluations or, or so on that you have taken part in that have, um, you know, looked at that dynamic.
2: Look, this is Susan with Tara alongside of me. Um, there is a very active evaluation program that the Alzheimer's Association is engaged in. Um, Alongside of this project, and I, the quality of the questions, of course, one of them is: Have you seen any changes in your loved one? I can say that um, with the residential care facilities, there is one group that comes, and the individual, one of the individuals, and it's one of six, never speaks in the context of the residential care facility it is almost impossible to to get a word in edgewise while she's here the dynamics are so different and I know it's not a family per se and yet when people are living together in a nursing home um, it becomes a different kind of family. The excitement and the joy that is reported to us by the caregivers later, especially about this one individual is is palpable just in the, the quick emails that come back to us as well as the filling out of evaluation forms so that's a very concrete example and I'm going to turn to Tara for anything that you can think of
4: I think that's a pretty no, it's an extraordinary different. testament to to what it can do and offer and how it can um, reach people in ways that other things can um, mm-hmm. and I know that that one woman um, they came through she mm-hmm. actually you were referring to her Susan earlier, mm-hmm. um, but she said that even when they left the gallery her her mom was looking at things differently um, was looking at um, you just doing... ordinary things around her with a whole different uh, slant on them, and um, they found such enjoyment in, um, in having a, a different outlook after that experience and the emotions it evoked, um, the closeness that they felt to each other and um, how happy the daughter was to see her mom so alive, really, and that it, it um, people find their loved ones again after a, a good experience like this or the loved one they knew before this disease um, take certain skills away?
5: Um, this is Amanda, and um, to answer the question regarding evaluation, um, we haven't done an official evaluation yet, but we have... Um, a person in our education department whose um, role is a visitor, evaluator, um, and we hope to work with her in the future to do uh, more of a formal evaluation on this program. We did um, do more of an informal evaluation with a follow-up email that I sent to parents, and we received feedback um, from the parents, Um, so that was just very informal. but. Um, to answer Marie's question, I think, about um, what we noticed about the families during the program, um, we noticed that the families were both excited and, and relieved at the same time that um, their children were, were able to explore the works of art in a museum setting without worrying about too many restrictions um, and also just knowing that all of the other families in attendance um, were kind of in the same um you know, life life mm-hmm. stage as as they um, feel like they were in, um, and we all noticed um, the staff here noticed that the parents were just as involved in the activities and in, in many of the activities that we offered as the kids were, and that was really great to see. And um, I would say that more than any other events um, that we have for families here at the museum, this this these are um, this is a program where the parents are really really involved in, in educating their ch- child and doing things together with them so I think during during the program throughout the galleries you can hear parents just really encouraging their children and you hear things that they say like touch move listen look closely and um, parents and children are sketching together and creating sculpture together and um, just mm-hmm. just working together a lot. Thank you all so much. This is Kirsten from MoMA again.
0: Um, Thank you to Susan, Amanda, and Deborah. And once again, if you do have any additional questions for Deborah who left earlier, um, please just send them on to Marie and she can connect you with her.